Welcome to the Digital Health Insights Podcast, where NZ Hits CEO Scott Arrell brings you key thought leaders to share their experience, views, and vision on all things digital health and more. Full tech enablement is essential for creating world-class health systems, and Scott's guests discuss how this can be achieved, the challenges that need addressing, the opportunities it creates, and the benefits delivered to health, disability, and social care services in New Zealand and worldwide. Kia ora, and thanks so much for joining me today. I'm Scott Arrell, and I hope you're doing well, staying safe, keeping on top of things as best as possible. In these COVID times, when we're all dealing with so much uncertainty about the future, I know you're going to gain a lot from listening to my guest today. He's a special guy, and his name's Lance Burdett. He's a former top police negotiator. And when I say top, I not only mean in New Zealand terms, but he reached the pinnacle in his field on a global basis. And then he decided to leave the force and set up Warn International as he wanted to be able to help more people whilst at the same time expanding his horizons and making a difference where it matters most. Lance takes us through his journey of originally being a builder, then joining the police force that took him to what he does now. Dear listeners, make sure to put 45 minutes aside to listen to Lance as he shares insights and gems that will provide practical tips to help you, your families and friends right now. Over many years of practical experience and learning, Lance has immense knowledge when it comes to adapting to uncertainty, communicating in challenging situations, areas such as depression, suicide intervention, and providing tools to help us deal with all those small things that build up to become big problems before we know it. Now, we can all resonate with that, I'm sure. I know I definitely do. He's also a top-selling author, having written two books, and his latest one titled Dark Side of the Brain has reached top 10 status in very quick time. If you want to find out more, then go to his website, warninternational.com. That's W-A-R-N, international, all one word. And Lance is more than happy for you to reach out to him. You can do me a favor as well while you're at it. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast show and share this episode with your friends, family, and connections. It's a special episode, so let's share the love around. While you're at it, make sure to keep a watchful eye on our website at nzhit.nz. Plus, you can get in touch anytime using ceo at nzhit.nz. I really look forward to getting your emails, especially as I value your comments and suggestions. And every now and again, you come up with a gem of a guest just like Lance has today. So make sure to get in touch. Hey, Lance is a busy guy. So let's go have a chat. Hi there, Lance. Hey, thanks for joining us today. And uh, hey, I know you've been a busy guy, so th- I really appreciate the time you're spending with us. And uh, tell us a bit about what has been keeping you busy lately. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Um, yeah, a lot of things have suddenly come on post-COVID. Uh, I was always busy before COVID came along. And the work I do these days is when it's termed resilience or resiliency, I prefer to talk about adapting to adversity or adapting to uncertainty. Um, because resiliency, I think, has been sort of misused and overused. So the work that I do these days, so going back a little bit, I guess, I, I, I started life as a builder and spent 20 years and, and at a reasonably successful career as a construction manager uh, and then decided to join the police for an easy lifestyle. Um, and then uh, after having depression <laughs> and, and <laughs> scraping, my, scraping my way out of, through that, I spent 22 years in the police. 13 of those was a crisis negotiator. In fact, I was fortunate enough to be the lead negotiator for New Zealand Police. Um, and wow. I trained, I became a qualified FBI negotiator, uh, a counter-terrorist negotiator in Australia, and, and did lots of work around dealing with emotional people and things. So, 
And about um, seven years ago, I decided to um, call police quits. I'd had enough and just sort of felt like it was time to move on and the right time, and it was the right time. So I started off, I I did work in the Triple One call centre developing programmes on how to de-escalate angry people. And that's where this journey started. So I'd sort of started learning about myself and how it was that I was different to everybody else and and with why did I have depression. So I started reading books and then, um, you know, spent a bit of time uh, researching and, and reading and doing all that sort of stuff, talking with people and, and the whole time developing programs for the Triple One call centres uh, for staff on how to remain, uh, I guess, buoyant, if you like. Uh, you know, they're getting smashed by all sorts of phone calls and, and it takes a toll on you and it's called emotional dissonance, right? So emotional labour, trying to deal with these emotional people and it takes it does take a toll on everybody. So that's where this journey for me started and, and, and right now, what am I busy doing? Well, um, I don't. I haven't met one person that's not feeling not feeling fragile at the moment, um, Scott. Uh, there's even myself. You know, sometimes I find myself just tearing, just having a tear in my eye, and going, "Gee, where's I wonder what where this is going to go?" Right, I'm wondering where this will end. And everyone's feeling a little fragile at the moment, I think. And um, and so I, I do mostly government. What started off in the commercial field, and I started off, believe it or not, working in contact centres, and now it's just growing into this massive business around the headspace. So um, people say, you know, what do you do for a job? I just say, I fix heads. And that normally stops the conversation pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it would do. And hey, um, I don't think I mentioned it to you, but we've got an international audience. So, you know, sort of giving them some context about your career, you know, I, you know, and, and I must also tell the audience, you and I have never actually met in person. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you were just, as you were saying, you, <laughs> yeah, that's right. But you were you were just so fascinated and, and amazed at our great podcast that you you absolutely uh, wanted to be in one. So here we here we are. So. Absolutely, it's my fourth time I've had a go at you to, to try and get on this. <laughs> yeah, so from an international context, I suppose um, I am very lucky. I did travel a lot um, in the police, so I ran witness protection for two and a half years uh, and got to travel uh, to various jurisdictions, um, travelled into the United States, of course, with the FBI course and, and do a lot, travelled a lot across Australia and, and just recently with the new work I'm doing into Canada. And so uh, mm-hmm. it does have an international flavour. So the work I work on these days is neuroscience. And I guess um, for me that seems to be the part that's been missing. So, missing. so um, you know, we can do talk about psychology and we can talk about wellbeing and all sorts of stuff, but... It's never really come together until MRI scanning uh, came into vogue. And when, when that was a massive discovery, right? So we learned more in the 1990s and the previous 500 years about the way the brain operates. And for me, that's the key in all of this now. And so that's the flavor. So having built up this, built myself back up, and then having all of this experience just suddenly seemed to come together uh, for the new work in which I do. So for the last wee while, um, I've just been spending, I go right down into suicide prevention and, and intervention and showing organisations how to tell if their staff are struggling. So one, how to deal with people who uh, they may have as customers or clients who might express uh, the fact of self-harm or, you know, I just can't take this anymore, that type of thing. Mm. Uh, and now into um, doing work with teams of people. So what are some things that we can do to keep ourselves safe and well and simple? I like practical applied techniques, right? So it's got to be tangible. It's got to be something 
something simple and easy for me. And so we've developed this whole, I guess, suite of little tools and things, how to deal with worry, how to get to sleep within a few breaths, how to stop waking in the early hours of the morning, all those little annoyances that happen to us that build up and become big. Now, after COVID, so if you don't mind, I'll launch into sort of how what's happened mm, afterwards. Yeah. I think it's quite important to know that in the last six months, there's been a massive explosion of, and I, and I have to use the term emotional people, so people are mm. feeling fragile at the moment and people are feeling as though they are being hurt or things of any frustration has been expanded and exaggerated. So what's gone on essentially is um, we are a people, we're a species that look to the future, where is the danger, and that's what worry is and all that stuff, right, based on our past. And that's the only model that we can compare with unless we find out more information about the future. And we simply cannot do that because none of us in this current lifetime have been through anything quite so spectacular. Yes, we've had the bird flu. Yes, we've had, you know, all those other types of things that have come up. We've had AIDS that has come along and we've had, but nothing quite as devastating and as instant as what's going on right now. And so we're having trouble figuring out where is the future? And because of that, so going to the fundamentals of the brain, we have three major parts to our brain. The first one is the brainstem that keeps us alive. Top of your spine, forget about it. It's automatic. Uh, and you could also, if you want to, put inside that, that first brain our unconscious mind. That's the easiest way. It's not quite like that, but it's an easiest way to forget about the unconscious. It works, right? And then the next part of our brain that happened, that occurs, that has evolved, is the limbic system, and it's an extremely complex part of the middle of our brain. Now, the two major parts that I'm concerned with these days is the amygdala, which are two neurotransmitters, one in either lobe, that regulate all of our emotions, not just the fight or flight that we often refer to. It regulates all of our emotions, and also our hippocampus, our long-term memory. And those two are talking with each other all the time. So every piece of information that I speak about is tagged with an emotion first. Every single piece, every information that comes into our head is tagged with an emotion. Is it danger? And it's all we're doing is comparing with our past to see if it is danger, right? And then mm. the next big part of our brain is the wrinkly bit that we all, always see the brain. That's our cerebral cortex. It's about, I don't know, about 50 millimeters thick, I guess. And that's our higher learning. Uh, and the front of our brain is, is what we will hear about, the prefrontal cortex. That's called our executive function. Now, every piece of information I tell you, and, and, and I wonder if I might do that little journey with you and the listeners right now. So I'm going to suggest to you that uh, every family in the world, so anxiety and or depression, is in most families in the world. And if it's in your family, right now you're thinking of that person, and because of that your mood has dropped. So that's how the brain works. I've forced a yeah, thought sure. into your head, which has referenced your memory bank of that person and has adjusted your mood to suit the occasion, and it's dropped. So if I want to take you out of that mood, I'll talk, think of a holiday that you went on, um, not the four-week stay-at-home stuff that we had in New Zealand or you know those lockdowns we're having around the world, not that. Think of a holiday when we could travel. 
the last one you had. Now, holidays are our most remembered long-term memory, right? So think of that right now. Now, how are you feeling? Better? Because I right, forced yeah, another yeah. thought. Right? So I forced another thought, which mm. took you to a place in your brain. So this is what's happening all the time. And at the moment, we've got none of those reference materials, no, no reference markers in our brain. So it's making it up. Our preconscious or subconscious, you know, it's actually preconscious, but some call it subconscious, mm. mind is working overtime trying to keep us safe. It's going, what is going on in this crisis? There's nothing to compare to. And because of that, we're getting exhausted. And with exhaustion, our emotions become fragile. That's mm. essentially what's going on. So what's something simple we can do to to overcome these things? Well, apart from doing whatever's on your mind and finding out the facts and going to valid sites uh, to, 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 to try and control what's going on and to try and figure it out, breathing. I mean, this is the, we've been doing it since the beginning of time. <laughs> but the thing is, these days, we're chest breathing. We're not mm. stomach breathing, right? Now, if I was to ask you again and your, your listeners to um, – all breathing must be done through the nose because in the top of our nose is something called the olfactory system, which is our sense of smell. So if we were to sit up straight, take a very big deep breath through our nose and then sigh, and now try and think of something. You can't. Uh, no, right? not it's really. No. no, it's <laughs> impossible. Right? So you get that immediate – stop and mm. it just does a recheck and it takes a little bit of time and all of a sudden your mood's lifted because we took a very big deep breath we have something in our lungs called alveoli and they grab hold of oxygen and uh they they absorb into the bloodstream and off and that's how the lungs work right now they collapse because we're chest breathing they collapse or they fill some of them fill up with carbon dioxide and we're not fully opening them and fully closing them. So we're not getting pure oxygen into our head. So that sigh, what it does is collapse the whole, all the alveoli just go, and then we our next breath, immediate oxygen into our brain. And some of us get a bit of a head rush, right? And then we go, <laughs> that's, that's just oxygen getting into your brain. And so by doing these little rechecks and by doing uh, whatever's on your mind, you have to do something about it. And that's essentially what we need to do. And the third thing is, well, apart from connect with others and start talking about this stuff, is to stick to our timings at the moment because our timings are being thrown off, right? So we no longer start work at work. We're starting work at home. And as soon as you change your place of where you work, we go into hyperactivity again because it's all new. So the best thing we can do is, is is if you start work at 8 o'clock at the office, you start work at 8 o'clock at home and you have regular breaks. You know, we put out a, a bit of a meme. We've got a team on social media that, that putting out things daily and one of them was, um, have you had your lunch break? And it just went viral. The people coming in going, <laughs> I can't remember the last time I had lunch. And did you have 30 minutes for lunch or did you have 10 and was it at your desk or were you? did you actually go away and sit somewhere else? And so if we can bring some little patterns back into our life and, and, and do the breathing and go to the facts, things are going to work out okay. Um, we've, yeah, been yeah. Through, we've been yeah. through lots before, right? And so yeah, it's going to work right. out fine. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you're describing exactly things that people have been saying to me, you know, with our, within, within the NZ Hitton, with our membership, you know, one of, um, one of the situations, particularly say with through lockdown and then coming out the other side is that, uh, there were a lot of people, you know, that uncertainty about what's the future. And so, you know, and I was sort of fielding calls and, and emails and, and so forth along those lines of saying, Hey, Scott, um, you know what do you know about the you know, about what the Ministry of Health is doing or or whoever is doing whatever? People were wanting to have some degree of certainty about things, you know. And uh, I, I guess you know I was pleased to be able to kind of provide some of that, but but frankly nowhere near to the level that you are. And but also experiencing it myself, you know that um, intense. Uh, I sort of call it intense relentlessness. It's uh, you know sort of getting to the end of the day around six o'clock. I've been trying to you know have a discipline of stopping at 6 p.m. Um, but you still, you know, if you've been on three or four video conference calls all day, um, that it just feels, you go, you're rung out, aren't you? And then go to, yeah, go to bed and then and then about 2, 2, p, 2 a.m., it's sort of like ping, you know, wide awake. Yeah, and, and, uh, we, we can stop that for you right now if you like. So if you have a small piece of protein right before bedtime, chances are you'll sleep right through the night. Um, all right. What happens? So we get tired at three in the afternoon and we tend to wake up between two and four, which is three in the morning. And the reason is that's our original clock. So we're a species who had two sleeps. And so we used to sleep in the afternoon because we've been out hunting Mm -hmm. and gathering and now we've eaten and now it's time to have a rest in the heat of the day. And then we'd have Mm -hmm. a sleep through and we'd get up at three in the morning and have some food and then get ready to go out hunting and gathering again and and because we did that for i don't know whatever book you read hundreds of years <laughs> yeah. i don't know what i don't want to offend anybody here but for certainly for as long as humankind have been around that's what we always did and it wasn't until um i guess the industrial age that we started to say well actually we want you to work eight hours and we want mm. you to work this pattern And we still haven't caught up with that. And so having a small piece of protein before bedtime. So we go through three to five REM cycles, rapid eye movement. They last Mm -hmm. 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. Now, if one at the end of each of those cycles, we get a shot of cortisol that's designed to put us into light sleep so we can dream and go through that process. And the dreaming is our long-term memory consolidating and throwing out the rubbish. That's what dreams are, mm-hmm. and that's what our brain defragging is, you know, just like the, the early computers had that defrag tool. Now, mm-hmm. if that coincides, that little shot of cortisol, with your digestive system settling down and wanting more food and saying, hey, it's time to eat, you'll wake up fully. And we tend to wake up because we've got a small shot of cortisol, which is a stressor, and because um, we are all going through some uncertainty at the moment, we will wake up and think about the last thing we thought about before going to bed. And most of the time, it's we're worrying before going to sleep. We're thinking about when's this going to end, right? And that's what you'll think about. So for mm-hmm. those of you who sort of want to take this one step further, how many of us have set our alarm clock for three or four in the morning to get up early and have woken up five minutes ahead of time and turned the alarm off and thought, wow, yeah. that's clear yeah. Well, no, it's not really because <laughs> it's the last thing that was on your thoughts. And so that's what's happening, right? So having a small piece of protein, now that's walnuts, almonds, soft-boiled egg, okay. mm-hmm. anything like that, any any solid protein will keep your digestive system going right through the night. And that's yeah, I thought you were going to – I thought you were giving me a really <laughs> – I thought you were giving me a really good excuse to have that nice, big, uh, juicy steak that I like. No, no. Somebody said that the other day. They said, chicken? 
No, you can't have a chicken. You can have a piece of chicken. <laughs> a piece. Oh my goodness! I, I, I was getting, I was getting excited there, but now, no, I, no, I'm, I, as as always, I'm, I'm taking the Mickey. But no, that's good advice, uh, and you've yeah, just so that's described the biggest thing, you know. And so we we wake up worrying and think, oh, I'm waking up because I'm worrying. No, you're not. No, because the subconscious is different. It's not a conscious thought, right? Worry is a conscious thought. Mm. That's what it is. Um, yeah, although sense. it's done in our subconscious, but we sort of, oh, I've got this thing going on. I've got this. Did you know if you daydream, chances are you'll be brought back to from your daydream with a negative thought? Again, saying, where's the danger? Look out. Don't daydream. Come on. Keep focused. And if you understand how the brain works, you've got a greater chance of overcoming these things. I mean, I still worry um, and I still concerned, but I'm nowhere near going through the same concerns as I ever once did. And it's not dismissing the worry. I hear people saying worry is a wasted energy. It is not. It's an energy designed to keep us safe. It is a risk management tool that we simply have lost control of. We need to worry. Otherwise, we'll walk up and down the middle of the road and get run over, right? So, But that's what it's designed for. But now we're finding that we're worrying about things that we have literally no control over. Um, what can you control at the moment? Well, you can go and research, and you know today's a great day. Apparently, we've got this 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 new um, vaccine that's going to be saving the world, and and uh, so we can travel again. And we've got other countries starting to open up to other countries and things, um, and that's good, right? That's what we've got to focus on. And then we'll have that little thought of oh, there's another one person got COVID. It's un in isolation, but one. Oh, this, it's all around us. No, 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 no. What did they say? Because we have a negativity bias, we tend to exaggerate what we hear. With you know, in some parts of the world, the globe, I know, you know, the United States and that. Um, thank goodness they they'll, they'll start to get control of that now. And and in, in, in Australia, we know, and you know, Melbourne went through a terrible time of a heck of a lockdown. But look where they've how far they've come now. Taiwan's another one. You know, look at what they're doing. And, and even China and places like that are starting to come to grips and get control of it. So you can only, you should only be worrying about the, at the moment, um, looking after yourself and those around you. And that's what we should be and, and continuing to work and, and focusing on our immediate future and not the long term at the moment. If we look too far ahead, chances are we won't be able to, you know, we'll feel a little bit uncertain and when uncertainty so uncertainty works the same as adversity mm. it's the same so we go for our basics people say you know um why do you panic and and, and the, you know what a panic people panic by well if you remember maslow's model of food water shelter air sleep um, family our basic foundation that's what we went for didn't we we surrounded we got our families back home we went and got food and you know, I went and filled my car up the day before lockdown just in oh, case I had to. You got all the toilet paper, did you? <laughs> I, I went around the toilet paper. I, I was so pleased with myself. And then I got back to the car and realised I'd got two double packets of, of uh, paper towels. And I'm like, why did you do that? I'm oh, cleaning, right? So cleaning. The house has to be clean. And, you know, it, it, think of it this way. Um, if somebody you know in, in a family down the street has a death, what do we take them? Yes, we take them flowers, but we also take them food. And we tell ourselves, oh, so they don't have to cook. 
Is it or is it because it's the basic foundations and we're supporting them by that? And that's the sort of subconscious things that we go on all the time. And so if you're asking me um, how can we deal with things, well, we've got to deal with things. We've got to get it out of our head. If you if you leave something inside your, your head, it expands it, and that's called catastrophization, and that's happening a lot. Now, here's a simple example of what catastrophization is. You're leaving home, bit of a rush. Um, as you leave the house, you've got a partner at home, see ya, you shout out, and this voice, just as you close the door, you hear whatever, and you think, oh, you wait till I get home. I'll deal with this later, and off you go. <laughs> what do you think about all day? Ends up being two words, whatever, right? And by the time you get home, you're having a divorce, you're breaking up, the world's over, and you open the door expecting no one in the hello, in this voice, hi, how was your day? You're like, what the heck? And you go and have a chat, and you go, when I left this morning, what did you shout out? Love you forever. What do you think I said? Nothing. And you've made it up, right? So you thought you heard something. You didn't. And then you exaggerated the negative. So what it does, it expands the negative to make it easy to fix it. That's simply what catastrophization is. You know, so we've we got to understand these things. And if you understand the makeup of the foundation of how the brain operates, it's so much easier to dismiss it. You know, I've been waking up lately, I don't know about you, but with a chatter in my head, myself talking to myself about myself, and I've just got this narrative, and do you think it will shut up? I don't even think I'm sleeping. I know I am, because we've got the technology, the fit, but what, you know, the watches, the, the smart watches that tell us, you go, you've gone through three to five REM cycles, each one lasting 90 minutes, Lance, you're good. And I think, no, I haven't, because <laughs> I've been talking to myself all night. And it's simply that we're, and the other day when I realized what I was doing, I just, inside my head, I said, shut up. And it just went quiet. It was just amazing. It's, so we've got control of these tools. We just yeah, know yeah, how to yeah, use yeah. them. Now and again, you've got to, just got to tell yourself to shut up. Yeah, that's, that's what you're saying, isn't it? And, <laughs> hey, um, talking about tools and, and technology, which we're, you know, sort of uh, to, moving into that sort of topic and you would, you would, saying that you're delivering and one of the things that's keeping you really busy you know, your services have you know just skyrocketed your demand for your services and so via use of technology so obviously video conference type tools you know you're delivering a lot of services around New Zealand and offshore and you know you and what we're seeing in our sector is obviously the development and the uptake of e what's called e-mental health tools so using technology uh, whether it's via apps and and platforms and so forth to try to support people and give them advice and 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 give them the avenue to talk to somebody uh, and in some cases it may well be to you know, say you might have heard of the term a, a digital human. So, you know, you're actually, it's like a, an avatar in, in a way, but much more intelligent than that, I suppose. And so there's a, there's a huge, you know, this whole area was happening anyway pre-pandemic. Now it's just mm. exploded. So what's your take on, you know, where things are headed, the, the tech that you're using and seeing being used? And, uh, you yeah. know, a lot of people sort of talk about that that's going to replace our in our, our face-to-face or our in-person um, kind of interactions over time. It will never replace it. Uh, it will never replace it, but it's a nice substitute. Now, um, I, I do some communications part in, in my sessions as well, as well, and we do a we do a little practical activity where people talk with each other and face on, mm-hmm. and then the listener turns their head and the talker just stops talking, and it's the most uncomfortable experience, right? And it shows that, uh, and, and we know this. Um, that's why 
most countries that are in lockdown will actually give you a bit of time out to go and exercise and to talk with people, albeit from a distance. Uh, so it's the great it's a great tool at the moment and and one that we were doing anyway. Uh, but now I've, I've just I'm very lucky I landed a contract, an international contract, and that's global. And so we're we're zooming around the world, you know, at all sorts of different hours of the day and night. Um, it's great, but they have to be shorter sessions, uh, mm. much shorter because people are just sitting on their butt. And I make it quite interactive, so I get them doing some other breathing techniques and some stretching and things like that, just to. And I run it like a, you know, I've just got to ask the question: Can you run breakout rooms? No, no one's breaking out of here because I don't do breakout rooms in a in a normal presentation, do we? We don't send people mm -hmm. off unless it's a full day. No, I'm not. I don't do breakout rooms and get people talking. No, no, you stay in the room and talk with everybody else because that's what we're doing. And I'll if it's a, if it's a four hour session, which um, is the longest I will do, you know, about an hour and I'll go, right, I'm going for a cup of tea, see you later, and I'll just walk out the room and come back 15 <laughs> minutes later and go, uh, how are you doing? <laughs> are you still there? Just, just to bring the flavour of reality back to yeah. that stuff. Now, coming back to those apps, uh, there's a couple of things that, that uh, I've just finished, um, you know, I've just published a book, which is, which is, it's still in the top 10, it's been in there for a while and we we keep running out of them. So I said, look, publish more <laughs> and so it is uh, it's called dark side of the brain and okay uh, and it's become a bestseller and it talks about this stuff now the thing about um the technology and certainly using apps it's never going to replace a human at this stage even with an avatar because we haven't adapted to the new technology but it's a very good replacement now when apps work alone it's still yourself talking to yourself about yourself so you're entering into this app your thoughts what you think and no one's coming back and asking questions and when even if they ask questions it's basically just a you know set of pre-formatted things now that um for some people works but for most people will not and they lose interest very very quickly and the other side of that if we make it quite interactive is we're getting shots of dopamine and dopamine is good, but it makes our brain neuroplastic. And we know that um, one of the downsides of, of, and I'm going to say Facebook, of social media, mm -hmm. and particularly Facebook, is that continual rush of dopamine is causing distress in some people. And so there has to be a mix, right? So there has to be a mix at the moment. But the more that technology goes on, and you talk about the avatars, uh, they're very good. They're very good, um, but it's never going to replace a person. And so, uh, you know, people are listening to this, but you and I are looking at each other. It will be it, and you, you know, you're nodding your head, and I'm, I've got my hands going flat out, and people can't see that. But we are <laughs> conversing. You and I are conversing, and that's and we are an engaged uh, when we're doing this. If I'm doing that with uh, an avatar, or if I'm doing it and, and to see how well I'm travelling. But then what if I have a question? Can I type that question in and, and then hopefully get a response from a chat bot or from an actual person? And so this is what we have to think about until we learn to adapt to having that response, that automatic response back. So mm, that's yeah. my only concern, right? And we know there is no substitute, particularly um, counselling. We, we need to have face-to-face -face counselling. The second best is is 
what you and I are doing and not the podcast, the people on the listening at the moment, is we are looking at each other. Mm. And that at the moment is, is the number one thing we can do. But there's nothing wrong with monitoring your heart rate. Um, nothing wrong with saying, you know, having a watch that says time to move. Um, but I got rid of it because I find I found myself – so I do lots of presentations and my heart rate and blood pressure go up quite high. And it's saying rest, <laughs> and it will actually go <laughs> rest. I look at my I go, rest. I'm going through a session, and so I, and the same with the sleep, right? And so I was looking in the morning and looking at my sleep patterns and going, oh, I didn't get ninety minute REMs. I want, I feel okay, but I'm, I know I need to. And so I, for me, it was detrimental to me. So I, yeah. I watched it draw, <laughs> and it's been there for the last six months, and I'm never going to get out again until they advance the technology. Because it mm, was yeah, that's right. yeah. so yeah, so it, it, it look, I like it. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a love it. I'm, I'm a sort of not technophobe. It take, takes me a while, but I, well, I'm not a technophobe because I don't hate it. I don't dislike. I love it, but I, I guess I'm just not up with the speed at the moment. Uh, no, younger, no, and then, absolutely, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Actually, it's a sort of a. I guess there's a generational thing there, and we talk about the the digital natives. So we, you know, there's a generation now that's, uh, and the ones coming in behind them who have been brought up with, with them, and and uh, yeah, and I find also though with elderly people, there's the I, it's a bit of a misconception that they don't ad- adopt technology, and that's actually happening more and more now as well. So, yeah, the uptake is increasing. Talking about depression, because you, you mentioned you've, you've written your, your own book, which is The Dark Side of the Brain, so um, we'll give that a, a plug. And is that uh, available? <laughs> I should say, yeah, this sounds a bit ironical, but is it available digitally or just you go, to, <laughs> go, to the book, go to the bookshop and buy one, right? <laughs> no, it's not. It's you know it's so it's only I think five or six weeks since it's been published and it's it's really gone and at the moment it's uh, you can get it international through Bateman Books or from our website but uh, it will do in, in due course. So what the I'm very lucky they're taking that international. Um, so yeah. it, just waiting for the book fairs to come back, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very practical book, right? So it talks about neuroscience. The only thing I will uh, there, there is a, a bit of a, I guess, a disclaimer or something, a warning that I have to give with it. Uh, there's five chapters on suicide, um, and, and, and that the, the book was going to be a funny look at our brain, and, and it was, it was going to be called the bull, um, you know, the rest of the word brain. Uh, and uh, we lost our niece to suicide, and I went, no, this is not right. We need to stop this. So I was. I went away from my book to do a diploma in positive psychology and well-being and thought, no, I've got to go back now and finish this book. And so it, it, it talks about deep, dark stuff, right, and even to the point of I survived, I couldn't kill myself, now what? And I think that's the title of one of the chapters. So now what? Wow. Uh, I survived, so mm-hmm. now what? And so we talk about postvention and what we can do and what people can do there. So that's just a little disclaimer, but, um, you know, I've had not one bad comment about my book. In fact, quite the opposite. Um, I'm very lucky. I get messages daily from people saying, I've read your book. You don't know who I am, but thank you for actually writing a book that people can understand um, based on neuroscience, and I don't, I try to avoid, but you sometimes you have to use terminology. But certainly, 
Um, it gives people, it's just full of practical tips that are helping um, so that we can just sort of take, um, you know, I guess to take stock of where we are at the moment and and a recheck, you know. And, I, and, and that's what I like about, like I don't like COVID, but what I like about what's going to happen from here is you watch what happens. We're all going to take a big recheck. The world is going to take a deep breath and we're going to off we go again in a new direction. And digital is one of those massive ways we're going to do so. Yes, yeah, I agree. And um, and we're talking about depression and, of course, suicide. Then, and, and you were telling me about this book you're reading at the moment called The Inflamed Mind. So that's a, mm. that's another one that that sounds uh, fascinating as well. So and that's that's taking a bit of a different slant, isn't it? In, t- in terms of that cause yeah, of depression and so on. That's it. And and and, and so this is um, people are, are, are in the industry are starting to take a different view of things right so depression originally was um thought to be chemical imbalance uh we've gone away from that because that's only it's part of the equation and not as much as we once thought uh genetics we know through epigenetics now we know know through genetic sequencing sequencing that that's also maybe not uh it's a factor but not as strong as it once was and i'm reading this book now and it's by uh edward bullmore um, and he's a, a preeminent expert on in, in depression. He's a psychiatrist. And it all started with him having toothache and having an inflamed gum in his mouth and why that night he felt depressed and how he had a low mood and how he, in fact, with so much pain, um, he had a, a glimpse, glimpse of, wow, I can't take this anymore, that sort of style, right? And so he started to look, and now they're looking at, he's looking quite deeply at inflammation in the body, and, and inflammation in the body can actually affect it. And, and another book, um, Change Your Brain, Change Your Life, by Daniel Armin, Dr. Daniel Armin, who talks about a blow to the head. And when I read that, um, I, I did tear up. On a plane, I mm-hmm. my because I got a. I, I, my mum's had depression, so I thought it was genetic, right? And I just went, "Oh, that's me. I've I've got it. I can't do anything with it." You know, so what? And um, it just opened my eyes. I remember at three, at three when I was three or four, I fell off a a playground in the the preschool, and I remember doing it and hitting head on concrete. Right, we we had concrete under our jungle gyms, none of that rubbery stuff that you got these days. We we lived hard, right? <laughs> and of course the. The damage to the brain at such a young age is it causes ongoing issues for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And so there's that going on. Um, we know that any of these things, you know, so it could be uh, physiological, psychological, neurological, any number of things now. And that's what technology has opened up, a new awakening in the way that we deal with all health mm. and it's yep. just that for me or maybe i'm just a bit weird but for me in this industry it's a new awakening and because you know having been through psych a psychologist and having been through cbt and things it's it, it worked but not as um, great as i'd hoped it would mm. and right. with learning what we're doing now wow I just can't, I can't get enough of it. I just read and read and read all the time, you know, just a, a book, <laughs> not a digital book, a real book. A real book, yeah, good. 
because I, I like to underline and I scribble notes and I'm 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 an interactive reader, and and really we are we are in a very good position right now, of an explosion of new ways of dealing with depression and new ways of dealing with suicide and new ways of understanding things. You know, um, there's a work going on in America. So why is it that farming? and construction around the world have high suicide rates and construction's overtaking it. Well, apart from the fact that it's male-dominated, it's transient in nature, uh, we have um, external influences on it, um, you know, all sorts of things going on, all that. There's also a foundation to it of one of those farmers provides food and builders provide or construction provide Mm. housing, the basics of Maslow, right? And so there's some things in there and we feel like we can't provide those things. No. And so anyone that's mm-hmm. involved in health, health is in there on that bottom, right? So health work, we know that doctors and, and dentists, dentists are struggling, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, anyone that's involved in that, that's what Maslow, if he was here today, man, he'd be knighted, he'd be getting wards all over the place. <laughs> Yeah, he definitely gets quoted, quoted a lot, he, that's for sure. Yeah. There's a reason why he gets quoted because yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, we're realising now that he was on the money. Mm, he was yeah. on the money. So, and, and so with all of this stuff coming in, look, we, we're really good in a good place, Scott. I'm, I'm excited about the future. I really am. Yeah, that's that's really good, and uh, also like your organisation, your your business is called Warn International, so W A R N, and uh, so that's that's a Warn is an acronym, uh, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a wellness, wellness, awareness, resilience, and negotiation. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that that captures all the four key components of the things you do. Yeah. yeah. And and keeps you as you were saying earlier keeps you very busy. Um, a guy like you and and the people that you work with you being be in huge demand, wouldn't they, at the moment? Yeah, no, I'm I'm very very lucky, and I, I uh, and I it is you know, uh, well it seems to be the harder I work, the luckier I get. But um, yeah, I mean I, I think it's anything that if, if you do it with a passion, and I've got a passion for this now, I really have. I, um, you know, I, I, I became a crisis negotiator because I thought it looked pretty cool. <laughs> but we tend to get guided towards things because they look pretty cool and we've got some superficial reason for doing it. And then when we stay in that role for a bit longer, we realise why we were drawn to it, mm. right? And we're drawn, I think, why do we become a doctor or a nurse or whatever? Because, oh, well, the money's good or oh, it's there's a hospital just down the road. And But then when you start to look at it and when you bring a passion and you realise you're passionate for it, why? Mm. And it goes back to those basic functions, right? And, yeah. and we're wired to look after others and not ourselves. So one of the things I, I like to leave audiences with is be a little bit selfish to be a lot selfless. So start mm. focusing on yourself first, build a foundation, and you watch, you can help. And so for me, it's that one starfish that I might be able to help that I can throw back in the sea. So that starfish can get better again and go and tell their story to a, a handful of starfish and those handful of starfish some others right and that's how that that's how i think if we look at the world in that way and just help one person and that may be us just ourselves first and we tell our story about how we got better then we're helping others yeah, and it's a bit like the the you know, when we get back to flying more regularly, I suppose uh, you know that whole safety thing. You know, you say, well, you know, put the, um, the the mask on, the oxygen mask on yourself first, 
then help the person or the child next to you uh, second. Yes. And don't don't do it the other way around for obvious reasons. And hey, great story. And you know, I, I what the other thing because we've got international um, listeners and you know, New Zealand as we know, uh, Lance is it's like the, one of the best kept secrets in the world, isn't it? It's a, <laughs> like it's an absolute paradise. We we don't like to tell people too much about New Zealand, and but at the moment. I don't mind sort of skiting and showing off because not many people can get here anyway. So, you know, we, we don't, <laughs> um, yeah. but isn't it a great story for New Zealand in terms of like, you know, you were a builder for how long? Five, 15 years? I 20 years, 20 years as a builder. And then uh, at the age of 35, become a cop for an easy lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, become a cop and then end up at not just become a cop, you became a top cop, um, you know, in, yeah, in terms of the, yeah. You know, the whole negotiation and and stuff that you were involved in, man. You know, there's an elite. Uh, let's. You, know, you probably don't like me using that word, but there's a kind of a select group of people, probably globally, that have done the things that you have done um, as a policeman. And then you're doing what you're doing now. So, and and it's kind of a for me that tells a great New Zealand story because you can do that. You can be a builder and then hey, okay, I want to do something else now. My my passion's taking me to somewhere else. I can do this. And uh, we, you know, whilst we do have that old tall poppy syndrome that sort of eats away at us a little bit. Um, that, that's less and less nowadays, uh, but yeah, a great look, story. No, thank you, Scott. And, and can I say, look, I am the cliche. Um, state house, parents, my dad was Air Force, mum never worked, um, money wasn't around. Um, mm -hmm. I used to make presents, uh, gifts for people because uh, I couldn't afford to buy it. You know, that real cliche stuff. Left school with no qualifications. Um, I was told I was a dummy at an early age, and I think I probably now the diagnosis is ADHD because I just couldn't sit still. I was the class clown uh, and just an idiot, you know. And I, I look back and all my, all my report cards said, you know, needs to concentrate more, um, always in trouble, um, you know, just really was like that so I was the typical cliche and it, it wasn't until I joined the police and, and you have to study if you want to advance and so mm. um, I had to force myself and I, I knew I had a high IQ but didn't know what that meant and what I know now is if you've got a, a high IQ it means you've got a great ability to learn that's all a high IQ means I've got a, an mm. ability to learn and I started learning and it started with rote learning and now um, you know I just can't so two and a half diplomas and a master's later, I'm still going. You know, I'm, I'm halfway through doing another diploma because you can never have enough, right? Because <laughs> that, <laughs> that, 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 that satisfies the imposter syndrome in me, which I have a, yeah. a high degree of. Um, okay. And it is that cliche, really. It is. Uh, and I wish, you know, they all, I wish I knew then what I know now. Um, and, and so... I like people not to know that story about me. I just like people to see me for who I am. And But it is handy sometimes when somebody says, yeah, but look at you. Look what you've done in your life. And I say, well, the only reason I've done that is because I get bored and I've just stretched myself, right? I, so I thought, oh, I'm done here. I've done a year here. I've, I'm, what, what's next? And I've yeah, just looked to, to try something new and to see. And so if we just do that instead of saying, oh, it's scary out there, no. It's not scary out there. Just try something new. And, you know, I didn't aim for this. Scott, I never thought I would end up where I am right now talking with you. I never thought that I'd end up with two bestsellers. And I'm working on a third. Not sure it's going to be a bestseller because it's communication. So, uh, But we'll see where that goes. And uh, who would have ever thought that? No one. No one. I look back and go, really, you? <laughs> But it's that passion, eh? 
and it's just having the knowing you've got the Yeah, yeah, and the way you're describing it, I've always thought that I was uh, a twin and, and was separated at, at birth or something. So I think I might have just found my twin. I, I think, um, <laughs> but but I must say, I, 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 yeah, I certainly am not as intelligent as you. But I, I guess I, I have um, really benefited. I've got the looks right. So you've got the brains. I got the looks on that. And that uh, when. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know if I've, I've made it, if, if you like. And, you know, people say that. Um, but but it's a nice – I get challenged every now and then by people and saying, yeah, but people are in situations where they can't get themselves out of it. And I totally mm. agree. I totally get that. Absolutely. You know, and, and from generations of deprivation, um, I, I totally get that. Uh, yeah, exactly. But, I, and I've saying, been in saying that um, we can try and make the best of where we are. Mm, yeah, I, I would, yeah. would be my question. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and look, this has been a great session. And the one thing that I always do at the end of my podcast is give you the keys to my time machine. I've, you know, um, it's not as good, it's not as tidy as the TARDIS if you watch Doctor Who, but it's 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 a, it's a sort of a cut down version. But anyway, you you get in there, we'll push the button, uh, the twenty thirty button, shoot you ten years ahead. Um, you get out. If uh, what does good look like for you? If you were, you know, ten years ahead. We've got everything sorted out. What does it look like? You know, what 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 would be our, you know, I know we, we don't want to look too far ahead because of what's going on at the moment, but, you know, you, 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 all the hard work that you and the rest of us have done, lots of other people, what does good look like? Yeah, I, th I think good looks like we live in a better world, and I know that sounds cliched again, but I think it is. I think um, right now we've gone through a growth spurt. Uh, we've gone through times of uncertainty. Um, but in those times uh, of uncertainty, adversity, we learn things and we've learned a lot about ourselves. We've learned a lot about the world. Um, I, everywhere out around the world that you look where places have gone into lockdown, the environment has recovered very, very quickly. And so it shows that we can influence our world we live in. Um, and we found also that people who were down a little bit suddenly popped up and said, here's how you handle things when things are down this is what I do so it was a leveler right um, in in 10 years time we will be traveling again perhaps in a different format maybe not so far um, perhaps when we do travel it'll be more efficient uh, we'll be in a world that's more understanding uh, and more caring and I think we'll be still living longer but uh, the reason we're living longer is because we understand the brain and the mind which comes along with the brain. And in the work that I do, uh, I know that depression is going to be one of those things that just like cancer, we're going to get on top of. We can get on top of most cancers if we catch them early enough these days. Some you can't. The brain will be exactly the same. Depression will be the same. We'll be able to get on top of most provided we're doing prevention. We'll have tools uh, digital tools, we'll be living in a digital world, a more digital world. We will have hopefully not so much monitoring of of what we're posting <laughs> by others, you know, no one looking over our shoulder. It'll be a safer, better, warmer, friendlier place to live. Fantastic. That's a great place to be in. And uh, yeah, and I tell you what, 10 years, I, I joke about the time machine, of course, but 10 years 
it's going to go like like that. It's going to be like a nanosecond, right? Next thing, next thing, it'll be twenty thirty. And I, you know, I love the way you describe um, what good looks like. So thank you for that. And before we finish, if people you want to get a hold of you, and I know you're flat out at the moment, so you may not be touting for so much business, but uh, I'm you know, you're flat out to people yeah. yeah good good yeah well that's what we've I've found with you then appreciated that so your website how, how would you like so if they come through warn international warn international.com um they can get hold of me there there's lots of things on there that we do but we've also got um and we've got some e-learning videos but we also have a youtube channel going now and there's lots of free material on there. We've got one that's been around for a while. I might have to update it called Looking After Loved Ones. If you've got somebody who's struggling with depression and maybe suicidal, uh, how to deal with them, how to, how to manage them. Uh, and we're continually adding to it all the time. There's a few other interviews and things on there as well. And, you know, when I get this um, from you, I'll put that up yeah. on there as well. So can can have another look at it as well as well as go to your site so yeah um come along and say uh, you just search my name you'll find uh um you'll find us there on the internet we're quite quite privileged to be out there but and do reach out and do say hi right and do and if you if you see me walking through the airport you know who i am do come up and say hello um because i get people talking and pointing at me and i don't know whether it's because i've got something on my face or (laughs) Or if they might have seen me around the, the traps or have seen me, and I'd love them to come up and go, hi, um, you've got something on your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just yeah, have a mirror or turn the, turn the phone yeah. and the camera around here. That's, <laughs> yeah. hey, that's hi, fantastic. Yeah. Hey, hey, lunch, your fly's undone, you know, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, that's, I have uh, not that I'm, a, I'm nowhere near as famous as you, but as you, but uh, I've kind of experienced that. Yeah, and isn't it funny how 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 our brain does work? Because yeah, I'm not sure what, what it says about us, but uh, perhaps as males, it, it does spring to mind. Yeah, is my fly undone? It's a, it's quite a. You know, <laughs> I always I always when people start looking for I wipe my face and like this, and then the next thing is I check my fly and no, it's not. It's, I wonder what else. It's, and you know, I'll end up yeah, going and saying, "Is it my? You know, have I got something on my my head?" Or <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, hey, that's great. Hey, yeah, and thanks, Lance. Look, you know, and and Please, it's been just a fascinating time to spend with you. And I, I know that our listeners are just going to value um, your the, the insights that you've provided, and and I hope that they do reach out to you because you know people like you, you know, are, are it's just fantastic. So thank you for all that you do. And hey, listeners, you know, make sure to uh, subscribe and to share this episode. You know, uh, as I always say in my my podcast, um, you've got to share the love around. And this one is particularly important because of what we're going through. And, and uh, you know, there's some some great advice that Lance has given us today. So thank you again, Lance. And, you know, I, yeah, be be safe out there with all the, all the work that you're doing and look after yourself. Um, you know, put that oxygen mask on yourself first and then, um, and then crack on looking after the rest of us. So really thank you for that. So yeah, no, thanks. It's been, a, it's been a great opportunity, and 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 look, do reach out. No, there's there's no cost. I don't charge for people for, to come and talk, right? So, so let's open up a dialogue and see where that goes, and and see if we can get you get you some help for you. So, thanks so much yeah, for the opportunity. You. Yeah, appreciate that. And I, I actually, if if I'm thinking about building a house, you you give me a hand with that as well. No. Oh gosh! I thought I just I thought I'd chuck that in at the end. Uh, I might be able to I might be able to get you at a weak moment. You know? Gosh. No. That's, that's, that's a hard job. <laughs> yeah, what you're doing now is far easier, right? Yeah. Hey, thanks, yeah. thanks, Lance. Appreciate appreciate your time yeah. with us today. Really do. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you.
Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Digital Health Insights Podcast with Scott Errol. Make sure to subscribe and join us again for more news, views and stories from key health and tech leaders. For more information, please head to our website at www.nzhit.nz where you'll find links to resources, news, events and much more.